0: Our topic for tonight is $10,000 offer for a missing Bible text. Some years ago, Winston
1: Churchill said this, Most people sometime in their lives stumble across truth. Most jump up, brush themselves off, and hurry on about their business as if nothing had happened. What he's saying here is that most people at some point in their life they discover the truth, but then they turn away and run away from it.
0: Jesus said in John 8:32, Jesus said, "Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free." But the truth will only make you free if you follow it.
1: That's right, if you obey it. But that brings us to an important
0: question tonight, son. What is the truth? Well, there are three definitions of truth, three basic definitions of truth. The first definition of truth is Jesus. Whatever Jesus does is true. And if we follow the example of Jesus, we know that we are following the truth. Jesus said in John fourteen six, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So if we are following the example of Jesus, we know we are following the truth. doesn't matter what other people are doing, what our friends, what our family, what the churches are doing. If we are following the example of Jesus, we know that we are following the truth. That's one definition.
1: There's a second one. And you find that in John seventeen seventeen. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy what? Word. Thy Word is the truth. So the Word of God, the Bible is the truth. Jesus is the truth, number one. And number two, the Word of God, the Bible is the truth. If I follow the Bible, then I have the assurance that I am following truth. Doesn't matter what the creeds of the churches might say or the traditions of the denominations might be. If I follow the Bible, I know
0: I'm following the truth. But there's one more definition of truth, and that is God's law. Psalm 119, 142 tells us, "...your righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and your law is the truth." So God's law is the truth. If we follow his law, we are following the truth.
1: You were taking notes. Now you have the three Bible definitions of truth. Number one, truth is Jesus, John 14, verse 6. Number two, truth is
0: the word, John 17, 17.
1: And number three, truth is the law, Psalms 119, 142. And the truth will do what?
0: Set you free. John 8, verse 32. But many people are confused today because, you see, yesterday we studied a very interesting truth. We discovered that in the Bible, the seventh day of the week, called Saturday in English, is actually the day that God wants us to keep holy. And many people are confused when they learn this truth because they look around and they see how few people are obeying the Sabbath And they wonder, how can you really be sure that the Sabbath is true? Since almost nobody is keeping it, it's hardly any churches that observe it, how do I know
1: really that the Sabbath is the truth? Well, remember, there were three definitions of truth. Number one, Jesus is the truth. Two, the Word is the truth. Three, the law. If we can find the Sabbath in Jesus, if we can find the Sabbath in the Word, if we can find the Sabbath in the law... Then we will have confidence tonight to know that indeed the Sabbath is the truth. So let's see if we can do that. We'll start with
0: Jesus. Jesus is the truth. We saw that, John 14, 6. What did Jesus do? He is our example. Luke 4, 16, and he, that's Jesus, came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. So is Jesus' habit, his custom, to go to church to keep the Sabbath day holy. Did Jesus ever keep Sunday holy? Well, there's no record that he ever did. No evidence anywhere in the New Testament. And Jesus told his followers in Matthew 24, verse 20, But pray ye that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. He was here looking forward to the destruction of Jerusalem in A.D. 40. Evidently, Seven, therefore... Eight. 8070. Evidently, therefore, he expected his followers to be keeping the Sabbath holy at least 40 years after the cross. In fact, there's only one commandment that Jesus specifically told his followers to keep holy after the cross, and that is the Sabbath.
1: Of course, he wants us to keep all 10 of them, but the Sabbath is the one he specifically told his followers to keep after the cross.
0: So we find the Sabbath in Jesus. He is the truth. He kept it. He commanded his followers to keep it. Jesus kept the Sabbath. What about in the Word? Can we find
1: the Sabbath in the Word of God, the Bible? Well, yes, you find it from Genesis to Revelation. Let's go back and review. We're going to start in the beginning. Genesis 2, 1 to 3 says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them, six literal days, And on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. So we discover that God set up the Sabbath at the very beginning, the seventh day of the week, as a memorial of creation to remind us that we didn't come from the monkeys. The Sabbath had nothing to do with a Jew, nothing to do with Moses. It was God's great memorial of creation. You find the Sabbath in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, the first five books of the Bible, the books of Moses. You find the Sabbath all through the books of Moses. You find the Sabbath in the heart of the Old Testament, in Isaiah 58, 13, and
0: 14. Where the Bible tells us, God says, God says, if you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord honorable, and shalt honor him, not doing thine own ways, nor finding thine own pleasure, nor speaking thine own words, then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord. So God is essentially telling us, get your foot off of my holy day.
1: Stop trampling on the Sabbath, or in other words, stop breaking the Sabbath. If we were trampling on the Philippine flag, people would be offended. God is offended when we trample on His holy day. We also saw from Isaiah, Isaiah 66, 22 and 23, where the Bible tells us, "'As for as the new heavens and the new earth, which I will make, shall remain before me, saith the Lord,' so shall your seed and your name remain. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, that's month to month, and from one Sabbath to another, shall all flesh come to worship before me, saith the Lord. So we find the Sabbath clearly in Isaiah. In fact, you find in the Old Testament 84 verses that refer to God's holy day, the Sabbath. But that's Old Testament. Some people say, well, can you find the Sabbath in the New Testament? The answer is yes. You find 57 Sabbaths in the New Testament.
0: Here is the example just from the book of Acts alone. In Acts, we have one, twelve, Acts 13-14. 13-27. 13-42-44. 15-21. 16-13. 17-2. 18-4. That's just in
1: one book. Those are the texts in the book of Acts that refer to the Sabbath, God's holy day. It's clearly in the New Testament. It's amazing to me. I have some Christians say, oh, Sabbath? That's Old Testament, not in the New Testament. I say, really? (laughs) Maybe you should read the New Testament. You find the Sabbath all through the New Testament, 57 texts at least, there are 141 verses in the Bible that refer to God's holy day, the Sabbath. I have them all documented. You want the documentation? You can ask me. I can email it to you, the, the soft copy. All 141 verses. So you find the Sabbath in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. And God's Word, we found out, is the truth. Can we find the Sabbath in the law,
0: son? Well, this is the most obvious. The Sabbath is in the heart of the law, the fourth commandment. Let's go reread that from Exodus 20, through 11, where the Bible says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And, son, it's interesting. The one commandment God told us to remember is the one
1: that almost the whole Christian world forgot.
0: That's right. God says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work... But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger, that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day, wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. So we find the Sabbath right there in the center of God's law, the fourth day commandment.
1: And this is a commandment from the God of heaven. The God that created this world has commanded us to remember the Sabbath day. So we found the Sabbath in Jesus. He kept it. He commanded his
0: followers to keep it. We found it in the word more than a hundred and four or approximately 141 verses.
1: And we found the Sabbath in the law right in the heart of God's law. So we can have confidence tonight to know that indeed the Sabbath really is the truth. Even if you look around and can find hardly
0: anybody keeping it, it is the truth. Now someone might be thinking, well, anyway, what difference does it make in the end? The main thing is that you love Jesus with all your heart. Well, son,
1: Jesus said in John 14, 15, what did he say? If you love me, what? Keep, my, keep
0: commandments. my commandments. How many? How many commandments are there in the Ten Commandments? And the Bible tells us in James 2.10, For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of how much? All. He's guilty of all. And another text, this is what St. John
1: says. 1 John 2, verses 3 and 4 and hereby
0: we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. He's not just lying. He is a liar, St. John says, if he is not keeping the commandments. There are today a lot of religious people who are Going to church, maybe regularly, but not keeping the commandments. Notice what Jesus says about that in Matthew 15, verses 8 and 9. Jesus said, This people draws near unto me with their mouth and honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. So Jesus says that if we teach for doctrines and follow for doctrines the commandments of man instead of the commandments of God, all our worship is what? Vain. Is vain. It's a waste of time. We could go to church every week, put in lots of money, go through all the forms. But if we are not keeping the commandments of God, it is vain.
1: Think about this. In Jesus' day, it was the religious people, the professed followers of God, that rejected Jesus. And that ought to be a lesson for us today. You see, truth has never been popular, neither have the majority chosen to follow it. But there's a couple questions we want to answer tonight. Son, has God changed His holy day? Or has God given the church authority to change His holy day? Let's start with that first question. Has God changed His holy day?
0: Well, I suppose the answer to that question would would lie in the answer to the question, has God changed? Has God changed? No. The Bible says in Malachi 3.6, for I am the Lord, I change not. God doesn't change. Mark that text down. We hope you're taking notes tonight because we have a lot of text.
1: Another text. This one is from Psalms 89.34. Put that one in your notes. God says, my covenant will I not break nor alter the thing that is gone out of my lips. So God
0: does not change. And then we saw last night Hebrews 4.9, there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Sabbath still remains. It has not been changed. God did not change it. Jesus didn't change it. The apostles didn't change it. So, Father, has God given the church the authority to change his holy day? Well, let's get an answer from the Bible. Put it in your
1: notes. This is from Isaiah 8, verse 20, which says, To the law and to the testimony, there's the law and the prophets, the two witnesses, if they speak not, if they, the churches, if they, the preachers, including these two preachers, if they don't speak in harmony with this word, that's the word of God, then it is because what? It is because there is no light in them. So we have to test every preacher, every church, every creed, every
0: doctrine by what? By the Word of God. By the Word of God, by the Bible. And this is what St. Peter said in Acts 529. Then Peter and all the apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. What did St. Peter say?
1: We ought to obey God rather than man. Rather than man. Let me show you what St. Mary says. This is from John 2, 5. Put it in your notes. At his mother, that's Mary, the Virgin Mary, his mother saith unto the servants, whatsoever he, Jesus, saith unto you, do it.
0: So St. Mary says, whatever Jesus says, do it. What does Jesus say? Jesus says, if you love me, then do what? Keep Keep my my commandments." commandments. So, son, let's come back
1: to our question. Has God changed his holy day?
0: No, God hasn't changed. Has God given the
1: church the authority to change his holy day? No. The answer to both questions is no. Well, that brings us to this question. Where'd Sunday come from then?
0: Well... How can people support keeping of Sunday holy? We want to be very fair tonight in our study. If God, if Christ, wants us to keep Sunday holy for any reason, there ought to be at least one verse somewhere that says so.
1: And we're going to look at all the texts in the New Testament that mention the first day of the week. And we won't be here all night because there's only eight of them. We're going to look for that missing text
0: $10,000 offer for a missing Bible verse, and we'll see if we can collect. Some time ago, we lived in Colorado,
1: and when we would drive in, we were in the province, so to speak, and when we would drive into the city, they had this big billboard on the highway, beside the highway, $10,000 offer for a text showing that God has changed His holy day from Saturday to Sunday, or a text where God commands us to keep Sunday holy, that sign we saw for three years as we would go into the, whenever we'd go into the city, we'd see that sign. In fact, they had it at several different entrances. You come into the city from one direction; there was that big billboard. They had several billboards offering ten thousand dollars for one text, and nobody ever collected the money. In fact, I know the one preacher has offered one million dollars for one Bible text where we're commanded to keep Sunday holy or that tells us God has changed his holy day from Saturday to Sunday. And a very famous preacher in America says, nobody will ever collect the million dollars because there is no text. But let's look at those eight verses in the New Testament. We have the first six of them listed here. You'll want to mark these probably. Sunday in the New Testament. Matthew 28, verse 1, number 1.
0: Mark 16, 1 and 2, number 2.
1: Number 3, Mark 16, 9.
0: And number 4, Luke 24, 1. Number 5, John 20, verse 1. Number 6, John 20, 19.
1: All of these scriptures refer to the same Sunday, the day that Jesus rose. And not a single one of them tells us that the day was a holy day or that the apostles were keeping it as a holy day because Christ rose on that day. They simply give the account of how Christ rose on the first day of the week. Now, here's what's interesting. Those are the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. If God changed his holy day from Saturday to Sunday, Matthew did not know it. St. Mark didn't know about it. St. Luke did not know about it. St. John did not know about it because none of these apostles tell us anything about it. In fact, in Matthew, you read God's, Christ's command to keep Sabbath after the cross. In Mark, we find that the Sabbath was made for man. In Luke, we discover that the Sabbath is the day between Friday and Sunday. And St. John is the one who says, if you love me, keep my commandments. So there you have the Gospels.
0: Well, let's go on now to the seventh This is one that's commonly used to support the idea of Sunday keeping in the New Testament. St. Paul. 1 Corinthians 16, 1 and 2. Let's notice what it says. Here it says, the Apostle's writing, the Apostle Paul, he says, Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. At this time, the saints in Jerusalem were experiencing a famine, and so the Apostle Paul is writing to the Corinthians and telling them to take up a collection, and offering for the famine-stricken saints in Jerusalem. One newer translation says, let each one of you put, a, put on one side and store up at home, and then another translation says, saving it up. And another translation says, put aside and save. So this has nothing to do with the Sunday school offering. It's a collection for the saints here, a collection that is being stored up at home, saved up. Some people say, well, this Paul is telling him to take up a Sunday school offering.
1: Actually, he's not telling them to give anything. He'd save it up until I come back. Whenever I come back next time, you won't have to do it then because you've already saved it up. Paul actually taught them to work on the first day, do their accounting. Paul taught the church in Corinth to keep the Sabbath. Let's prove that. Acts 18.1. Mark it down. It says, after these things, Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth. We just read from his first letter to the church in Corinth. And then verse 4 says, And he, that's Paul, reasoned in the synagogue every, every Sabbath and persuaded the Jews and the Greeks. How long was Paul there in Corinth for his Prophecies of Hope seminar? Let's read the answer in verse 11. It says, And he continued there a year and six months, teaching the word of God among them. How many Sabbaths do you have? Every Sabbath, he taught them, the Jews and the Greeks. How many Sabbaths are there
0: in a year and six months? Well, you have about 78 Sabbaths. So for 78 Sabbaths, the Apostle Paul was preaching his Prophecy the Hope seminar.
1: Raised up a great Sabbath-keeping church there in the city of Corinth. Now he's writing his first letter to the church in Corinth. He knows they'll read the letter when the church assembles for worship. They'll read the letter to the church. What day would the church gather for worship? Sabbath. Because they had been gathering for Sabbath with Paul for a year and a half. So Paul is telling him tomorrow, Sunday, first day, before you forget, go home and count out something, set aside something, save up something, so when I come back, you won't have to do it then.
0: Paul's telling him to work on the first day of the week. So there's no evidence from 1 Corinthians 16, 1 and 2, that Sunday is a holy day. Let's now go on to the eighth text, Acts 20, verse 7. This is the other text that people often try to use.
1: The only reference in the New Testament to a meeting that happened
0: on the first day of the week. And let's see what it says there. We're going to begin in verse 6. And we sailed away from Philippi. This is Dr. Luke writing. We, that's he and his company. We sailed away from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread and came unto them to Troas in five days where we abode seven days. And upon the what day of the week? First day. First day of the week. Sunday. That would be Sunday. When the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight.
1: Well, son, doesn't that prove that Sunday is
0: holy? Because it says they came together to break bread. Isn't that holy communion? Well, actually, the Bible tells us in Acts 2, verse 46, that they broke bread from house to house every day. So, breaking bread makes a day holy, Then every day is holy. Can't come to that conclusion. Let's read on now. Acts 20 verse 8. And there were many lights in the upper chamber where they were gathered together. So this is the night meeting and they had the lights going. And there was a certain, or there sat in a window a certain young man named Eutychus being fallen into a deep sleep. And as Paul was long preaching, he sunk down with sleep and fell down from the third loft, and was taken up dead. What's this man's name? Eutychus. And he was a
1: smart young man, because you see, back then they didn't have aircon, And so they had the windows open, and they were up on the third floor, third story. And Eutychus, to stay cool, he was sitting in the window where the breeze was blowing through. Like having aircon almost. He felt fortunate. There was one problem. What was the problem? Paul was long Uh preaching. Paul preached so long, Eutychus, he fell asleep. And as a result, he fell out of the window and he fell three stories down. He was killed. You see what happens when you fall asleep during the sermon? You don't know what might happen to you. Some of you sitting out there in those comfortable seats, you fall asleep. Well, I guess the worst thing that might happen, you might fall out of your chair. I don't think we'd take you up dead. Probably wake you up. But Eutychus, he fell three stories down, and he was killed.
0: What happened? Verse 10, And Paul went down and fell on him, and embracing him, said, Trouble not yourselves, for his life is in him. So Paul, in the power of Jesus Christ, resurrected the young man. And then reading on, verses 11 and 12, when he therefore was come up again, and had broken bread, and eaten, and talked a long while, even till the break of day, so he departed, and they brought the young man alive and were not a little comforted.
1: Now, son, tell me, how long did Paul preach that night?
0: He preached all night long. How's that for a
1: long sermon? I don't think we've ever preached one that long. Uh, yes. Yeah. Please notice that the lights are on. This is a night meeting. The key to understanding
0: this is the when does the day begin? When does the day begin, son? Well, according to the Bible, a day doesn't begin at midnight, but... A day begins at sunset. You can read Genesis 1, verse 1, and Leviticus 23, verse 32. Where the Bible says, evening to evening, from
1: evening to evening shall you keep your Sabbaths. Genesis f- says, evening and morning
0: were the first day, evening and morning were the second day. When is evening, son? Well, the Bible tells us, Deuteronomy sixteen six, Mark 1, that's when the sun goes down, when the sun sets.
1: So when the sun sets, the
0: new day has started.
1: What day is it right now? Monday. Biblically? It is Monday. Here's a little animation that helps us to visualize this. The day starts here at sunset, goes to sunrise, and then it goes over to sunset. This is the biblical cycle of a day, from sunset to sunset.
0: Applying that to Paul's meeting, he preaches all night long and then he leaves the next morning. He preaches all night long. What night? Saturday night. But it was, the sun has set,
1: so what day is it? Sunday. It's Sunday. This is a Sunday meeting, but it's really Saturday night. In fact, some translations read this way. This is the New English Bible. On the Saturday night in our assembly for the breaking of bread, here's what one commentator said.
0: The Jews reckoned the day from evening to morning, and on that principle, the evening of the first day of the week would be our Saturday night. The apostle held his last religious service on Saturday evening and consequently resumed his journey on Sunday morning.
1: So he continued his journey. Let's go back now to Acts chapter 20, verse 13, to read about the journey. Luke says, and we went before the ship. Paul stayed behind, preached all night. Luke says, We went before the ship and sailed unto Assos, there intending to take in Paul. Paul was going to meet them there, for so had he appointed, minding himself to go afoot. So Luke and company, they sailed in the boat around the peninsula here from Troas around to Assos. Paul was planning to walk across the peninsula from Troas to Assos. How far was that, son?
0: Well, that would be about a 40-kilometer walk, and that was far more than a, a holy day's journey back then.
1: They would not go that far on a holy day, so obviously Paul did not consider Sunday to be a holy day.
0: The question is, why? Why did he preach all night long, son? Well, the Bible tells us why in Acts 20, verse 25. And now, behold, I know that ye all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. So what was this? This was a farewell meeting. He knew that he would never see them again, likely on the earth.
1: So he preached all night long and then Sunday morning continued his journey. We have looked at every text. There's only eight in the New Testament that mention the first day of the week. And none of them tell us Sunday's a holy day. None of them command us to keep Sunday as a holy day. So none,
0: we, we can't collect our $10,000. Eh, nor can we collect a million dollars. Well, someone might ask, well, doesn't Colossians two sixteen and 17 say that it doesn't matter whether you keep the Sabbath holy either?
1: Son, Colossians 2, 16 and 17, is probably one of the most misunderstood texts in the New Testament. Let's go look at it. Colossians 2, 16 and 17. In the context, if you're taking notes, you can put down verses 14 through 16. It says, "'Let no man therefore judge you in meat, or in drink, or in respect of a holy day, or of the new moon.' or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come. But the body is of Christ. People say, see, doesn't matter whether you keep the Sabbath. But notice these Sabbath days that Paul is talking about here are the Sabbaths, which are a shadow of things to come. Let's go back to verse 14 for the context. It's always helpful to read the context. It says, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances. Now, tell me, was the handwriting of ordinances, was that God's law or Moses' law? That was Moses' law. We studied that. That was written by the hand of Moses. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances, which was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Which law was nailed to the cross, God's law or Moses' law? was Moses' law of ceremonies. That's the context in verse 14. So it says, "...blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, contrary to us, took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross, let no man therefore......" Because Moses' law was nailed to the cross. "...therefore... Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come. Did you know that the Jews had seven annual Sabbaths that they kept beside the weekly Sabbath? The annual Sabbath always fell on a date. Let me just show you those annual Sabbaths. If you, want to, if you want to list them, here they are, seven of them. You read about them in Leviticus 23. The annual Sabbath always fell on a date, like your birthday. One year it might be Monday, the next year it might be Tuesday, the next year it would be Wednesday. Always on a date. The annual Sabbath always fell on a date. Sometimes they might be on a Monday, sometimes on a Tuesday. But they had to keep these Sabbaths beside the weekly Sabbath. Leviticus twenty three thirty eight. You can read that. And please notice they tell us, Paul tells us which Sabbaths he's talking about. The Sabbaths, which are a shadow things of to things come. to come. Passover. That was an annual Sabbath. Pointing forward to who? Who was the Passover lamb? Jesus. Jesus. So these annual Sabbaths pointed forward to Jesus. Now, son, tell me, is the weekly Sabbath, does that point forward to something or does it point backward to
0: something? Well, that points you backward. That points you back to creation. It's a memorial of creation. That's what the commandment says For in six
1: days the Lord made heaven and earth, pointing us back to creation. We keep the Sabbath to remind us that God is the creator. Incidentally, the one who wrote Colossians two sixteen and 17, what day did he keep holy? Sabbath. Paul, he kept the Sabbath. So what Paul is essentially telling us, you don't have to keep the feast days. I mean, if you want to, maybe it's, it's, that's your choice. Don't let anybody judge you. They point forward to Jesus, but you don't have to keep them anymore because Jesus died on the cross. He fulfilled those types. But the weekly Sabbath, points us back to creation. So Paul makes it very clear which Sabbath he's talking about.
0: Son, where then did Sunday keeping come from? Well, it didn't originate with the resurrection of Christ, unfortunately. The Egyptians, the Babylonians, Syrians, and many, many other ancient cultures worshipped the sun under various names and symbolisms. One book said... In ancient Babylonia, the sun was worshipped from immemorial antiquity. Worship of nature, 521.
1: Now, sun,
0: tell me, what day did they worship the sun on? They worshiped the sun on Sunday. That's why it's still called in English Sunday, day of the sun. Here's another statement. Sabbath, a Hebrew word signifying rest. Sunday was a name given by the heathens to the first day of the week because it was the day on which they worshiped the sun.
1: This is from a Bible cyclopedia. And what's amazing, virtually every great church knows this. They admit to this. I'm going to give you some examples. We'll look at some examples from Catholics and Protestants. First of all, from a Catholic. This is the Catholic world, the book called The Catholic World, page 809, which says... The sun was a foremost god with heathendom, hence the church, which seemed to have said, keep that old pagan name, Sunday, day of the sun. It, Sunday, shall remain consecrated, sanctified, and thus the pagan Sunday, dedicated to Balder, sun god, became the Christian Sunday, sacred to Jesus." That's what the Catholics say. Let me show you what a Protestant
0: said. This is Dr. Edward Hiscox, author of the original Baptist manual. For you Baptists here. And he says there was and is a commandment to keep, the, keep holy the Sabbath day, but that Sabbath day was not Sunday. Of course, I quite well know that Sunday did come into use in early Christian history as a religious day, as we learned from the Christian fathers and other sources, But what a pity that it comes branded with the mark of paganism and christened with the name of the sun god and bequeathed as a sacred legacy to Protestantism.
1: So it's given the name of the sun god called Sunday. That's what this great Protestant theologian said, Dr. Edward Hiscox. Let me show you another statement. This is from a Catholic cardinal. Cardinal James Gibbons said... You may read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, and you will not find a single line authorizing the sanctification of Sunday. The scriptures enforce the religious observance of Saturday. That's what a Catholic cardinal said. Let me show you now. We're going to show you another statement from
0: a Protestant. This is Pastor Mike Hayes, who pastored a huge megachurch in Dallas, Texas, He said, the reason we have church on Sunday is not because Sunday is the Sabbath. In fact, Sunday is not the Sabbath. Saturday is and has always been the Sabbath day. There is no commandment that changed the Sabbath to Sunday.
1: We could read many more statements. Virtually every great church will admit that Sunday did not come out of the Bible. Rather, it came from ancient pagan sun worship. We brought it in, we sanctified it, and now we worship God on the day of the sun. That's what all Christian churches will admit to. The issue, really, is more than what day we keep. The issue is who will we obey? God's command, the law of God, or the tradition of man. The day we keep holy simply indicates who we are obedient to, who we are loyal to. St. Peter said... In Acts 5, verse 29, then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, what? We ought to obey God rather than man. I would agree with St. Peter, wouldn't you? Yes. We ought to obey God rather than man.
0: So evidently, no church has authority to change God's law, to change God, and then command us to disobey him. Jesus said, what did he say? If you you love love me, me... Keep my commandments. commandments. And the Bible tells us in Joshua 24, 15, Choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I hope that's your decision. And that is our commitment in our house.
1: As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. How about you? Is that your commitment? Let me see your hand if it is.
0: Yes. Yes. Revelation 22, verse 14. This is almost near the end of the Bible, the last few verses. The Bible says, blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. We cannot earn salvation, but we cannot be saved either in disobedience to God. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments.
1: I want to enter in through those gates into the city, don't you? How many want to enter in through those gates? May I see your hands? Yes. There is hope for you who obey God instead of man. There is hope for you following Jesus is the best plan. There is hope for you in the strength of God you can. So there is hope in Christ for you.
0: There is hope for you who choose to heed God's word. There is hope for you by tradition multitudes have heard. There is hope for you, the truth of God you now have heard. And there is hope in Christ for you. Thank God for that hope. Amen. Amen. Tomorrow night, don't miss our study. Bible's longest, most amazing prophecy.
1: Let's end our study with a prayer. We'll invite you to stand with us as we pray. Our dear Heavenly Father... We thank you for making the issues so clear in your word. And we, with Joshua, we make the commitment as for we and our houses, we will serve the Lord. We pray you'd write your law upon our hearts. We might find delight in obedience. We want to enter in through the gates into that holy city one day. We ask that every person And each family represented here might be among that glorious group who have right to the tree of life and enter in through the gates into the holy city. We ask it in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse,